0: Welcome to the Perspectives on Healthcare podcast, where members of the medical community from different roles, venues, and locations share their unique perspectives on quality healthcare, its future, and how to improve it. Now, from the Your Keynote Speaker studio in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, here is your host, Rob Oliver. Thank you and welcome. Today's perspective comes from Teresa Fuller. She is a pediatric physician and she is located in Maryland. She is a member of Generation X. Uh, Teresa, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Rob. Oh, it's my pleasure to have you. So tell me a little bit about yourself and your role in healthcare, please.
1: Well, I'm a general pediatrician, as you said. I've been practicing pediatrics for about 20 years. Um, and during that time, I've gone through a few transitions. I mostly started out as acute care pediatrics, working in a hospital, um, doing um, you know, emergency and hospital-based care, special newborn care. And um, sometime during about 10, 12 years ago, I started to get much more interested in preventive care and um holistic medicine and that's due to um, partially to some health concerns that i was having started me down a path of learning some more about um, nutrition and um, general preventive care and that prompted me to get um, actually certified in holistic medicine and that led me into more preventive pediatrics so now what I practice is general pediatrics in a primary care setting and um, in doing that I incorporate a lot of what um, what I consider holistic principles in those you know those regular pediatric visits so I just try to be really um, I try to work with my patients in really focusing on, healthy lifestyle to maintain health and to, you know, help with some of the problems that they're having.
0: How do you find the balance between that holistic approach and the classic Western medical approach? Uh, And I'm assuming that there are areas where both are, are necessary and then some areas where you kind of do a blend. Can you talk about that at all?
1: Yeah, definitely. In fact, I try to tell my patients early on, um, you know, when I meet them or, you know, as we're doing things that, um, you know, what pri- holistic medicine is, is really just good primary care medicine. And so um, I think it's pretty easy to incorporate them together. So, you know, many times when a child comes in and they have some kind of health problem, there may not be a medication for that or it may not be appropriate for medication and oftentimes um, we leave it at that but the holistic side of me just tries to go a little further and says but there are some extra things you can do with nutrition or maybe supplementation um, that will help improve the health you know the health outcome in the situation so even bread and butter stuff like eczema and colic and reflux um, there may be something we can add some kind of simple you know intervention with diet um, or a sub- nutritional supplement and that's how i try to incorporate them um, i always tell my patients when we need to use when a medication is appropriate or um, what we deem as traditional uh, medical intervention as appropriate, we're going to do that. So I feel like they blend together well.
0: Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And I, I think what I've heard used in the past is the term complementary medicine where um they each side is brought together and ultimately at the end of the day, what you're looking at is what works best for this individual, for this patient, for this child, and you know, finding out that the best possible solution for them from either perspective or or using both. Uh, What does quality healthcare mean to you?
1: I think quality healthcare is largely, um, I would say that one of the main ingredients is comprehensive care. Um, For example, by comprehensive, I mean we're addressing a patient's current problems, medical problems Um, And and we're also trying to prevent any future problems. I think we do, we talk a lot about prevention in healthcare, but I think um, we fall short of it in in some ways. For example, we're good at screening. Um, We definitely incorporate a lot of screening in healthcare. So we screen for things like cholesterol problems or high pre-diabetes, obesity, hypertension, And we're good at screening and identifying um, those problems, but I feel like we fall short in the area of comprehensive management of those problems. So, you know, the next step of finding out somebody may fall into the prediabetes range of their blood sugar, for example, would be really trying to stop that in the tracks, try to reverse it now with good nutritional counseling, a good nutritionist, um, some lifestyle modifications. And while we may talk about that in a 30-minute or 15-minute visit, there's very little time to actually implement that. So I think quality health care would be going further and being able to implement some ways to put that patient on track for preventing this from becoming worse or even reversing it so that would be good nutrition exercise but things that not only do we talk about but we also actually have resources for the patient within their insurance paradigm or you know whatever the payer is for the healthcare
0: okay can you can you talk about that a little bit cuz that's one of I guess I would call it a bugaboo of mine is the insurance issue. Uh, Are you, can you talk about working within the parameters of insurance to, because a lot of the more holistic approach is not covered by insurance companies. At least that's my general thought is, is that what you're finding as well? Or are you able to do advocacy to show insurance companies, listen, if, if we do this intervention in a holistic way now, it may have long-term effects that are going to ultimately be cost savings. Can, can you talk about that at all, please?
1: Yes, I I think ideally that would be the case. I, one of my frustrations, and I'm sure the frustration of a lot of physicians is the limitation of actually being able to incorporate what hap, you know, those those types of like you said, holistic treatments or just basic lifestyle treatments. It would be fantastic if um, once I've identified one of my patients as being um, in the range of obesity, if it were as simple as, okay, we're gonna set you up with a nutritionist. and, um, and, And there are, let me say, there are some programs that are out there that are available that insurance will pay for, but not not nearly enough, and it's not um, at all streamlined. And so, yes, that that's what I think would, is the missing piece. Where, um, just like for example, with mental health, you know, when you see a a person who is at um, risk for suicide or that type of thing, we we have streamlined that a little more. Where you know we have a screen, we get a positive screen, we send them for therapy. We need to do the same thing with, all, with these other um, medical problems. And mental health is not nearly as streamlined as it needs to be, but it's an example of where we've kind of identified that as a priority. And so we're now starting to do that. Um, that's what should happen in the case with um, obesity, pre-diabetes, high blood pressure, if we could, if the insurance companies would always pay for um, getting these patients into a place where they can get good nutritional counseling, even providing um, exercise and that type of thing, or, you know, places where they can go, that would be ideal, but it's not nearly that simple.
0: <laughs> uh, unfortunately, that's the the way it goes. Uh, you've already done this a little bit, but Can you give me an example of quality healthcare?
1: I really feel like um, when you're putting all of these pieces together, that is how, that would be quality healthcare. So, you know, there have been, there are better models where um, I, in fact, I worked in a, I'll give you an example. I worked in a, um, at an organization where, it was a holistic, it was actually a holistic practice. But in this practice, there was such an array of specialists there. And we were able to um, create a more comprehensive patient experience in that if we identified as the as primary physician. So, you know, we had a couple of doctors there who were the primary care physician. Um, if we identified a problem, we also had, and, and in this case, like I said, it was holistic. So this is not going to be exactly what you would do doing a traditional, but there were acupuncturists. There were um, people who specialized in hormone therapy, people who specialized in um, naturopathy and allergy. And so we were actually able to have all of that right there together, um, refer them to the other specialists as needed. And I thought that was such a good model. And, but that can be a similar model on the traditional side, meaning um, really being able to have that easy contact with other specialists, coordinate their care um, in real time, where we're actually talking about this is what, these are the labs I saw here. this is what I'm concerned about, and then being able to get them into some long term um, kind of, you know, preventive therapies as well. That I think would be a good example of uh, quality health care.
0: Okay. Uh, from, from my viewpoint, I think what you're talking about in a traditional sense is what I experienced when I was in the rehab setting following my spinal cord injury where every every Friday there was a patient care conference and my primary care doctor or my, you know, the, the spinal cord specialist was there, my physical therapist, my occupational therapist, the psychologist, the dietitian, the social worker um, were all there as part of the team to go over my chart and to go over what was going, what had happened with me during the week and what the plan was for the next week. And it sounds to me like it, it's a coordinated approach that uses the, Skill set of all of the different specialties to make sure that the patient is getting what they needed. What's your What's your thought on that?
1: That's excellent. That's exactly what um, what I'm talking about. And at times, I um, do have the opportunity to have that happen. I think in pediatrics, it, I feel like it happens more um, even than in, in the adult world because um, I just think there's there's such a you know, a will on the part of the pediatric providers to do that. So, um, I have had times where, yeah, I can just call the specialist and say, this is what I'm concerned about. Specialist gets them in quickly. um, And, and then they may have good support in the office to arrange whatever the follow-up is. So exactly, just like what you're talking about. um, Maybe not as comprehensive in that team approach, like you said, having a meeting but very similar.
0: Got it. What do you wish people understood about your role in healthcare?
1: Um, I think I would like it um I would like patients to understand the importance of um that of some of those simple lifestyle interventions. Mm. So for example, um you have you know, you have a range of experiences that patients are coming from. And some of them are very interested in um, those, you know, and just when we talk about dietary changes and, um, you know, things like even as simple as screen time reducing that, some patients are very open to that and recognizing um, how important that is. And some patients are more resistant or feeling like that can't make much of a difference. You know, why why is that important? And so I think um, I would just like to see more people being aware, um, hearing that information and understanding that that is a critical part of their health care.
0: It seems to me like people go to the doctor to say, I want you to write some kind of magic prescription that fixes whatever issue I've, I'm coming in with. And they're not as receptive when you say, well, you actually have the tools to, uh, to do this yourself. And here's the, you know, if you stop eating this or start eating this or start doing this, or um, then you have the ability to actually make a huge change in your own experience. And, and that's, uh, it, it seems to me like that's just something that, that people don't really get excited about Uh, on, on the topic of excitement, what excites you about the future of healthcare?
1: I think, um, what I'm most excited about is what I'm seeing, um, where I'm seeing the trends go. I think many more patients, kind of back to what you were just saying, as far as what you have the opportunity to do yourself, more patients are starting to recognize that. I'm excited that um, there are more opportunities right now. There's a lot more information out there, free information, um, even you know, in the in in um, such a you know platform as this, podcast, or um, uh, free information out there in terms of blogs and websites and that type of thing. There's a lot of information and I like where we're going as far as um, more physicians and different types of healthcare providers putting their information out there in an accessible free format. I think the you know the biggest problem with that is patients don't know necessarily what's good information and what's misinformation. Mm. That's where we come in where we are gonna have to help them, you know, to identify what the good sources are. But I'm really excited about how much information is now out there. So patients really do have the tools. They can, um, I'll say it's available for them to do a lot of this stuff themselves.
0: Excellent. It gives a chance for patients to be uh, to be extremely knowledgeable about their own situation as well. Uh, so absolutely. Good. All right. Last question for you. What is one thing medical professionals can start doing today to improve the quality of health care?
1: Um, for sure. We can, I think provide patients with a pathway that goes beyond the office visit. So, When we're in the office with a patient, I might have 30, 15 minutes. I might have 45 minutes, (laughs) rarely. That's if I have a really complicated patient that I anticipate is coming in. But most of the time, 15, 30 minutes. So that's not a lot of time to really, that's enough time to give patients a plan, kind of get them started, but there needs to be something they can keep. That can keep them on the path, and so I think for those in between times, um, we need to equip them with tools that they can use to uh, to put into practice really what we've been telling them. Whether that's written materials or um, apps, we can point them to. You know, one of the reasons I started a Facebook page is because I wanted to just have a place where I can put information up for patients to access so that you can have kind of a steady stream of learning about nutrition and learning about um you know healthy stress management and you know healthy foods and things like that and so um i think that's what we have to do on our visits now is to make sure that patients have somewhere to keep one going for to stay on the path of what we're trying to do between those visits. We might see them every three months. We might see them every six or 12 months. So they need information in between.
0: Yep. I was thinking of some way to try and rephrase the old, um, if you give a man a fish, you feed him today. If you get teach a man to fish, you feed him for a lifetime. In some ways, I think it's a very similar thing. If you help someone with their health situation today, you, you give them hope for today but if you are able to teach them how to live a healthy life it makes an impact that goes far beyond just the what's what's right in front of them so listen teresa okay. fuller thank you so much for being with me today i appreciate you coming in and i appreciate your perspective on healthcare thanks for listening to perspectives on healthcare Visit perspectivesonhealthcare.com to learn more about Rob Oliver or to subscribe so you never miss an episode. If this podcast was valuable, we'd appreciate a review on iTunes. Or if you tell a friend or coworker about the show, that would be helpful too. Join us again next time for more Perspectives on Healthcare.